This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy and climate challenge in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. According to McKinsey & Company, about 83% of the world's largest corporations now have some form of climate chart. But a Wall Street Journal article from last week explored just how difficult it has been for these organizations to execute against those commitments, especially as many of those targets were enacted believing that carbon offsets would be the secret sauce to get massive reductions. Today, the offset market roils with poor quality, high-priced issues, and there is true concern that companies may begin to miss on some of their interim targets towards net zero. So, what does it mean for a company to miss their targets? Does it materially affect their business, their cost of capital? What should we expect going forward as the low-hanging fruit of decarbonization has been undertaken, but the more difficult challenges still lie ahead? Eight minutes. It's how long it takes the sun's race it, or, or about the amount of time House Republicans discussed amongst themselves last week on how to avoid a government shutdown. <laughs> Figure it out already, and let's get it on. is a global organization that encourages companies to voluntarily report their greenhouse gas emissions and their actions towards mitigating that impact. The good news? Over 19,000 companies now report to CDP on a yearly basis, complete with their internal targets and their roadmaps for getting there. The not-so-good news? Of those 19,000 companies, CDP says only 81 have credible, viable plans for reaching net zero. Look, decarbonizing is tough, but it comes with so many benefits, both for the planet as well as for the individual organization, that a lot of companies have started to set targets and commitments towards net zero. That McKinsey study that I cited in the intro found that 83% of the world's largest companies have some form of climate commitment now. And the Science-Based Targets Initiative boasts more than a 1,000 companies that have pledged to reduce emissions in line with keeping the world from warming 1.5 degrees Celsius. The reasons why so many companies are chasing net zero are abundant. For one thing, a Deloitte study found that 49% of consumers pay premium prices for sustainable products at least once a month. And an NYU Stern report indicated that the average premium for a sustainable product is higher than 27%. For Gen Z consumers, the numbers get even more eye-opening as nearly 90% of Gen Z consumers report that they would be willing to pay at least a 10% premium for a sustainable product or service. But net zero commitments go beyond simply pricing. The impact on brand reputation is profound, as is the influence it has on potential employees as well as investors. To that last point, ESG financing has ballooned over the last few years with over $2.5 trillion now in ESG vehicles. In 2021, 22% of all new funds launched were tied to ESG. Pricing, reputation, employees financing, it's obvious that markets are rewarding companies for doing what's right for the planet. But what happens when things go sideways? For many firms, the easy part was in, was in establishing a target and putting it out there. It's been much tougher to follow through on those commitments. And even though those companies may have had good intentions in setting up their decarbonization goals in the first place, how has the general market reacted when those goals are missed? What goes up must come down, right? Well, the research is limited in this area. 
For one thing, many of these targets have been set out so many years into the future that it's tough to know whether a company is meeting or missing their commitments when measured today. But there has been some data compiled to show that, indeed, consumers and financiers are not happy when a company misses. A separate McKinsey literature review covered over 2,000 academic studies to find that ESG financing is roughly 10% less than that of non-ESG financing, which means that missing corporate sustainability goals can have a material impact on the cost of capital for a firm. And an academic report published in 2022 in Sustainable Corporate Finance found that when a company loses one point on their ESG score, it's the equivalent of losing 1% growth on their revenue. So it's apparent that missing targets can affect a company's bottom line, and it can also affect the top line. Certainly, it's more difficult to charge a premium price when the product or service struggles to meet sustainability benchmarks. And then Harvard Business Review published a piece last year discussing the impact on customer satisfaction scores when a company is accused of greenwashing. The result? a 1% to 2% drop in customer satisfaction. (laughs) Well, okay, maybe that doesn't sound like a huge drop in customer satisfaction, but here's the thing. Firms in any one industry are really only separated by a narrow 5% to 10% band in customer satisfaction to begin with. Dropping 1% to 2% can be the equivalent of moving from third place in the industry to sixth overnight. And that translates through to an impact on the company's financials, as that same HBR study found that the resultant loss in customer satisfaction resulted in lower net earnings per share, as well as a lower return on investment by nearly half a percentage point. The good news? Those results are for companies that get swept up in some form of greenwashing controversy, such as false advertising that their product meets certain green standards or such. Those actions are perceived as more deliberate by the market. Simply missing sustainability targets is more well-meaning, but inadequate. More of a green wishing than a green washing. And what's more, this may not be a phenomenon solely situated at a single company. Accenture conducted a survey of over 2,000 company executives to find that 93% would not meet their net zero targets at current investment pace. There's a massive miss on an economy-wide scale. Any individual company could just hide in the herd and may skirt through without harmful side effects. But then again, maybe that's where we've been thinking about this wrong. Maybe we shouldn't be looking at this from a punitive view. And maybe the research into the penalties associated with green wishing missed the point. What about those 7% of companies that do meet their targets? The ones that can charge 23% more for their products, who access 10% lower cost of capital, the ones who appeal to a broader cross-section of employees and consumers. Customer buying preferences are unlikely to change. They're just going to favor those few companies who are actually walking the walk on sustainability. Those companies who actually meet their targets are likely to flourish in a market where their competitors are simply wishing for better outcomes. I'm Paul Schuster. And this has been your 8 minutes.